Welcome to the Forging Honor Podcast. I'm Jonathan George. And I'm Benjamin Jones. Here at The Forge, we explore what it means to live as Christian men. Along the way, we'll be doing weekly challenges to build character through action. We are by no means experts, just two young Christian men trying to make sense of a wild world. That's right. We're doing our best to learn and hope you'll join us on the journey. And if you want to get directly involved, go to forginghonor.com to find information on how to join our community. This is episode 16, God's Natural Creation. All right, challenge wrap-up time. As a reminder, challenges last for 10 days. That's Monday through Friday for two weeks. They're simple daily tasks to gross as men. This previous challenge, I think I got 9 out of 10. Banjo, do you know what you got? I think I was also 9 out of 10. Very there good. Was, yeah. There was I missed, one day I, missed, I didn't make it out. I missed one day, and it was so disappointing. Um, I Just for, uh, for, for everyone's sake, the um, previous challenge was simple was very simple go outside for 15 minutes and that's a plan 15 minutes that's not like oh i work outside so i'm already outside for for 15 minutes it's go outside and just be there for 15 minutes um i mentioned things like uh what's called earthing or grounding <clears throat> which is walking outside barefoot i did that a few times i didn't do it every time um but that that was the challenge essentially very straightforward. So I'm, I'm actually more disappointed in myself that I missed this one day than that I missed a whole week <laughs> last time. You know, it's like, um, this was a very simple one. Um, but Banjo, what is what, what did you get, take from this challenge? Was there anything you particularly liked or anything you particularly disliked? Yeah, uh, it, was, it was definitely... F- well, let me back up. One thing that I thought was interesting, it was actually more difficult for me to go outside than I anticipated. It wasn't like a super difficult challenge, um, and it, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I have to go outside. It was just it was harder for me to find time in my day to go outside than I had anticipated. Um, there were a couple of days where fifteen minutes, and that's all it is. I know it was only fifteen minutes, and it was still at times. There was one day it was just like I couldn't do it. There was just too much going on. Um, there was one. There was two days where I I had spent most of the day working outside. And I thought, oh, I need to, I need to find some time to go outside. And so, uh, and at like nine o'clock at night, I would go outside. Um, and and both times, as it happened, it was in the middle of rainstorms, um, and and huge like thunder and lightning storms. Um, so I was outside on the porch. My wife you have was a there. covered porch. I, I hope. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not by much though. Another time. Um, so uh, one of the things I did this week was I was I was working with a, a camp. Um, doing foam sword fighting um it was like a ministry opportunity uh and ministry foam sword fighting yeah yeah you teach kids how to to do foam sword fighting and then you like the pvc pipes with foam around them yeah something like that oh those are so fun yeah yeah it was super cool i'd never done it before it was it was a real it was a real treat um but one of the days we were out there i was like looking over the there was like a little mountain range i was looking over and i see this like big storm cloud coming towards us and I was like, I, I didn't see anything on the radar. Surely it's going to go right right past us. But it, it comes right over us and just dumps sheaves and sheaves of water and like these huge bolts of lightning. Uh, and we had to, I had to like get all of the foam swords out of the out of the grass and like into the car for like ten minutes. I was running back and forth. I got back home and I was just absolutely sopping wet. Like I was still wringing water out of my shirt. 
it was it was I was thinking oh, about got some outdoor time there. Yes. And I was thinking about our one of the things we talked about, like the transcendent nature of nature, you know, these like big moments that you like come face to face with where you're like, this is something bigger than I am. And and that seemed to fit the bill. There didn't seem to be anything much bigger than a thunderstorm in nature. So that was something that I really liked. I don't know. What did you what did you experience? How was it for you? I really enjoyed it. Um I, I will also say it was surprising to me. Really, unless I did it early in the day, it became very difficult. Um yeah. that's something I definitely experienced. And part of that is where I am in the South, it's very hot in the afternoon. It was extraordinarily um, hot this week. I mean, it was yeah, in the nineties, um most days. And I, I mean, I have a nice covered area and we get a decent breeze. So I was able to get out. One day early in the challenge, I got out and um, I ended up getting like just walking in my creek, which was really mm. nice. I hadn't done that in a long time. There's something about, I, so I did the barefoot thing for probably four, three or four days of the challenge. Um, just going outside, being barefoot in the grass and in the water. Um, I really enjoyed that. I, you know, I'm not normally one to go barefoot. I, I keep my shoes covered or my feet covered with shoes, even indoors, just constantly have shoes on. I like yeah. to, I don't know. I don't like having my bare feet exposed to <laughs> who knows what on the floor or things dropping on them. But, um, going outside with that intentional time, it was, it was very peaceful. Um, I'm blessed to have a nice backyard, very peaceful hearing the birds, um, got in my hammock one day and just like 15 minutes flew by and I was like, man, I'm sad. I have to go inside already. <laughs> this is, this has yeah. been so nice. Um, in the second week I was blessed, got to go out, uh, to South Carolina with my family. Um, so every day while I was there, I got up pretty early and I would go out. We had some kayaks on a very small lake, oh. very calm and still. So I would just go out on the kayak 15 minutes, fish a little bit, very like, actually I ended up being out there much longer than 15 minutes, but that was kind of my alone time. Um, and yes. then I was outside the rest of the day with my family as well. But that was like, this is my alone time. This yeah. is, uh, that's pretty I, idyllic. It was, oh, it was beyond idyllic. I felt like just, <laughs> I could, the problem is I knew if I, if I moved and did something like that every day, I'd get bored of it. Like I, the, that was half the enjoyment was the fact that I never get to enjoy stuff like this. Yeah. Yet here I am in this moment, enjoying this, um, caught a few fish, which was pretty fun. Just yeah, being in nature and and enjoying that. Just right as the sun is rising oh. over over the the woods, uh, and hitting the lake just right. And it, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, it was it was wonderful. And I, I I have to tell you what, being in nature intentionally, I think was different than just being outside. Hmm. I felt like if if I went outside for the purpose of being outside, which is not something I've done since childhood. Hmm. Normally I go outside because, oh, I have a running activity to do or I've yeah. got a walk to do, you know, or maybe, which nothing wrong with that. I try to go on walks or runs pretty regularly. Um, so that gets me outside, which is good. Um, or maybe I'm outside working on, around the house or I'm mowing the lawn, something like that. Yeah. But going outside for the sole purpose of I'm going to be outside. That That changes your perspective, I think. I don't really, I don't know how to put my finger on it, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So I will say this is something that in that sense I found easy. So I found it difficult to get out later in the day because yeah, making time, 
But once I was out there, it was the easiest thing just to stay outside. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was something there's something about the whole experience that it made me yeah, it's funny that you say like I haven't done that since I was a kid because it it does make me think a lot about some of the things one of the one of the things I was thinking about is I feel like as as I've gotten older, there were these things that were just natural that made sense that gained like all this extra weight from I don't know where. That like totally. I know that, exactly what you mean. There's like some sort of pressure that like suddenly appeared on being outside where it was like, well, if you're gonna be outside, you gotta do something, you know? Or or you know, if you're well, gonna be outside, you've gotta be you gotta be doing a grown up activity. Right. Know? That's that's the key. Cause as kids, you know, we go outside, we play, you know, we pick up sticks, we sword fight, maybe we build a fort, whatever it is, but we're just being outside aimlessly. Yeah. Um for I guess for the purpose of being children. Which is an interesting purpose to think about. Well, I bet your mom did what my mom did. My mom was like, "Go outside, and you're not allowed to come back in until right, you know, so, you know, whatever time. dinner time or whatever." Yeah, just stay outside. Which <laughs> I always thought was pretty funny. Just like you're not allowed back in the house. Um, and you're like, great. jokes on on her. I get to go outside, like <laughs> <laughs> unless it's really hot, and then you, then you're not as thrilled. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. There's there's also something where. Something I wanted to ask you about is I was as I was outside, I didn't get to do. I wanted to go on like a hike or or maybe some camping or something like that, but I didn't get to do any of that. Um, but I was I was thinking about camping or hiking, and I was thinking about the you know the ostensible purpose of this podcast is for you and I to discuss matters of Christian masculinity. You know, right. the real reason is we just like talking to each other. We decide we would record it, but the ostensible purpose because is, you know because we're terrible people like that. That's, that's right. Um, but I was I was thinking about uh, you know nature and and what we're talking about on this podcast, Christian masculinity, and I was thinking about. I feel like there is uh, this this sense that. Part of part of being a man is being is being in nature in some respect. Or like maybe there are particular things that men do in nature that are, you know, quote unquote acceptable. I don't know. Sure. Well, you get the image of like the lumberjack or exactly. you know, the man in his canoe or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And I was just curious about that. How how you I mean, that's a very you strike me as the kind of guy who goes out and do, and does the things. That are, are maybe in that more like. I know, appreciate that. Yeah, considering yeah, and, considering I find those things manly. Then, yeah. yeah, and I I knew you would appreciate that, and I enjoy doing those. I don't get to do them as often as uh, often as I would like. I like chopping wood. That's just like one of my favorite things to do. It's a fun thing to do until you're having to do it to actually stay warm, which yeah. I've done, and it's after a while like, wait a minute, why are we doing this? <laughs> we invented other <laughs> sources of heat for a reason. The novelty wears thin. Um, but I was thinking about there's more and more young men who are, who are staying inside, who are playing video games, who are, you know, doing these different things. And the old fogey in me is like, oh, kids should be outside. Um, and, and real men walk in the woods and, and maybe it's just that real people walk in the woods. You know, maybe it's just, maybe it isn't a, a male, female thing. Maybe it's just humanity in general is too plugged into different things he said yes well, and no. speaking into a microphone on a computer that somebody else is going to listen to <laughs> on their phone 
yeah, I think I think you're right on both accounts. Yes, people should just be in nature. You know, and and I think that's a mark of a certain type of person. I also think um I would say there are definitely certain activities that traditionally or historically have been handed over to men mm-hmm. that are definitely outdoor activities. Um I because this is a uh, a podcast geared towards men, I'm probably going to end up talking about those more than other activities. I, I think there is an interesting phenomenon when men think get outside in nature. We'll be like, I want to go in the woods and see how long I can survive. Like, let's right. go camp. Let's go do this thing. Right. Um, there, there are a few women I know that have been interested in that, but usually it's like, let's go walk through this nice manicured garden that looks great. You know, it's it's there's a different. Well, it's more beautiful. It's not. It's not so. Uh survivally well it, i think it highlights some of the differences between men and women and just men want to go out and test their limits see what they can do and and tame nature a little bit right sure and for women it's well okay it's already been tamed but now let's make it look good <laughs> <laughs> you know let's make it livable exactly and i think yeah. i think that's very right and good um i also think that sometimes we have like it, it can go too far either direction obviously yeah um but for men especially, I think there's something about like that's literally set out in in scripture as t- we go forth and we take dominion. Yeah. So and and the question of what does it mean to take dominion? It doesn't mean go out and conquer the world, you know, conquer the the trees and everything and cut them all down and make everything in a perfect rose. No. It does mean to manage well, to take care of what we have around us. Stewardship. Um, and and there is there is a call to yeah that there are beasts in the woods that um, we don't want them to be taking our babies right so we yeah. we have to fence them out or kill them off like that's kind of either either or and there's there's situations that may arise where yeah man is called upon to directly confront nature in that way i i also think there's something because because we we do live such comfortable easy lives here in um, modern America that we're going to end up in, we, we, we have to face ourselves with those challenges. Even if it's just going mm-hmm. to a, a nice, easy state park where there's a cabin there for you. The fact yeah. that li- it makes life a little more inconvenient than it would be at your house. And it makes it such that you have to, um, the only thing to do is go enjoy nature. Right. So we were staying at this cabin. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no TV. There's no, you know, there's there's nothing. You can either sit inside in this tiny four room. There's a kitchen, a living slash dining area, and then two bedrooms. I guess yeah. there's a bathroom. In this tiny little place, barely air conditioned. I mean, it was built ages ago. And it it it's basically as hot inside as it is outside. So you might as well go outside where there's a breeze. Yeah. Um and then when you're outside, well, there's nothing to do other than you can sit there. You could get on a kayak on the water and sit there. Um, maybe you could go for a walk around the lake. Like that's pretty much all there is to do. And yeah. and I think I think there's something to that in in terms of simplifying a little bit. And and um, I don't know. I, I'm starting to ramble here a little bit. Do you have anything to to add to that, or anything to push back on, or any any questions? No, I don't know. It's it's just something that's kind of been sitting with me the last little bit is, you know, I think a, a little bit coming off of the McCarthy podcast, you know, where there's so many 
so many men in nature and and uh i just i i just rewatched the lord of the rings the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. which i thought was appropriate with with this pod i didn't count the times that i was in middle earth as times being outside good um, <laughs> But it did feel like I was outside. Like I did feel like there was like, oh, there's such, I mean, there's such beauty in where that movie is set and, and the way they filmed it. Right. And, um, you know, I just love that sense of, you know, it's cheesy, but the sense of adventure you get going along with, with sure. Legolas and Gimli and everybody. And, um, you know, just thinking it was interesting of, an interesting thing of, of, you know, they go into these places that are unknown, that are scary. Like I think of Fanghorn Forest where the Ents are, you know, and the way that, that Gimli talks about it as like, oh, don't go in those woods. You know, there's this strange, you know, bewitchment in those woods. Right. Um, and there's something mysterious and kind of um, something we're not able to figure out about nature and about the wild. And uh, I also started, I, I read Beowulf this week. And and Grendel and Beowulf. Have you read? You've read Beowulf, right? Yes. 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 It seems like that's something you would enjoy. Um, it's one of my favorites. But the monster of Grendel mm-hmm. in in Beowulf is so interesting to me. And Grendel's mother. And Grendel's mother, you remember, is at the bottom of the river, and right. Beowulf has to jump into the river and like swim down and fight her in this like river cave. Mm-hmm. And I just I was as I was reading, I was like, this is really interesting how much nature is a part of this text right and and how much you know is, uh how much of the unknown is in nature and how much of man's task or you know humanity's task is to go out and to to do combat against that unknown and well, but we don't live in that kind of world as much anymore i think right well at least at least where we are with with our national parks like even our national parks are nothing compared to the the wild that once existed right yeah and and that is important to think about because the fact is i can go set up a tent in the appalachian forest over here yeah and you know i'm yes there are bears yes the, there's occasionally there was a bear attack a couple years ago yeah, um, crazy story. Um, but like for the most part, you can sleep pretty soundly at night. You know, you don't yeah. really the worst the worst thing that I've ever had happen is a raccoon got into some of my food. That's not fun. It's not fun, but like that's the worst thing that's happening to you. Like, yeah, you're really not experiencing the nature of our ancestors in a way. And you're right. <laughs> like, there's used to be you go into these woods and you'd be terrified for your life in certain circumstances, only the hardest, roughest men went out there are the people with nothing else to do. Yeah. Um, you read, read these stories of the West or, or stories in, in ancient Europe, you know, all the, all the bad people, all the bad things are in the forests for a reason. Like, right. You don't go into the forests, um, unless, unless you've got a very good reason to do so. And yet at the same time, there is a wonder that goes with looking at like, I would love to go visit some of these forests that still exist, some of these more wild forests out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, even, even in, um, a little bit further West, further North in, in America, like those forests are still pretty, pretty deep and no one knows some of what's in there. Right. Yeah. Uh, Well, even, even when we were at Lookout Mountain together, I would sometimes go, you know, we, we spent a lot of time out on those cross country trails, mm -hmm. um, going out there, which were beautiful and it was great getting lost in there. 
Um, I, I am never more happy than when I'm on a run and I move out of sight of all human life. Like right. there's a, there's a point where I'm in the woods where I can't see anybody. I can't hear anybody. And I'm just lost in the woods. That's one of my favorite feelings. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while I would, I would wander off the trail and just like go until I couldn't see the trail, go until I couldn't see anybody else and just sit down in, in these wooded spaces. And there's something very, uh, oh, I don't even know what the word is for it. Like you, you feel yourself sitting there and you are aware that, that you are a very small part of a very big thing. Yes. And there's something extremely beautiful about that. And there's something extremely scary about it's that. terrifying like, in a way. Yeah. Like if you just sit alone in the woods for long enough by yourself and fair enough, I haven't been hunting. So I don't know how hunters are about this in their deer stands. But there's something about sitting like down in the grass for for as long as you can by yourself. And, you know, you just kind of expect something like Grendel to come out of the woods after a while. You just kind of are waiting for that that something bigger than you to emerge. And it might eat you. That's a possibility. But I don't know. I just think that's an interesting thing. And I don't know how much of of this, I don't know, this idea we still have. I don't know if it's a man thing. I'm not a woman, so I don't know if I, I haven't talked to any women about it. So I don't know if it's like a shared thing or if it's just like, I don't know. There's like the call of the wild in us. That was a book we read earlier. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd hesitate to go that far, Banjo, probably because I think I think the whole concept of like that call of the wild or that or like the noble savage is one, I think it's been pretty discredited at this point. And I think it's also like it's an initial impulse. It's an mm. initial, it's it's a getaway impulse from society. But I don't think that's our calling as men scripturally. You mean to get a, that idea of like going into the woods is, is an idea of like we got to get away from society? I think it can be. I, okay. I, I, I'd be careful because I think a temporary respite is good. I mean, Christ went into into the wilderness for 40 days, right? Mm-hmm. But then he spent the rest of his ministry around people. Yeah. Um, I think... Uh, that that's a common I mean, David David does a similar thing. I mean, he's somewhat forced to, but he goes into the wilderness because he's on the run. And he's in the wilderness for a long time before he comes back and becomes king. Right? right. And I think if if those are the examples of scripture, then a similar thing can be said for us. We go into nature on our own to discover something. And for us, even 15 minutes on our own is somehow like uh like that's that's a whole experience unto itself as adults, which is yeah. crazy to think about. That yeah. it, it, it's so it's so wild that that's where we've come to in a sense. Anyway, the so there's that sense of go out in order to come back, right? Right. Go out, learn whatever it is you have to learn about yourself, and maybe it is that you're a small being in in a wider world. Maybe it's just to, to to kind of rediscover what it's like to be a child. That's how I felt personally most of this time. Yeah. Partially because I do go on longer trips and I will go multiple trip overnight camping trips, that kind of thing. And it, it's a little more isolated than what I was doing here. So I have I have more experience in that being alone in the woods. Um, for me, it was just if I'm intentionally going outside and just I'm going to go walk barefoot in my backyard 
that's something my kid loves to do. All he ever asks to do is go outside. Like that is his favorite. <laughs> he's a year and a half old. And from the time he wakes up to the time he's going to bed, if he if he has an opportunity to get outside, he's trying to get out that door. Yeah. Um, and he just loves it. He'll just sit and look at the grass and pick up whatever beetles or bugs, and he just thinks it's the greatest thing in the world just to be outside. Yeah. Um, he doesn't need to do anything with that. And I think, I think for me, that's more of what I'm. I I kind of discovered the whole sense of going out, like that call of the wild sense. I think that requires almost a more intentional time away. Um, I don't know. Like an extended know, time. Yeah, yeah maybe the, maybe an extended time, but also I don't think that that's the purpose either of of those moments. I think the purpose is to come back. Yeah, that's really interesting. I as you're saying that, as I'm and I'm I'm picturing little little your little guy going out in the in the woods. I think you know that image of like a you know like a small child in God's creation. You know, it's 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 essentially it's what he's made for, right? To be out in the world and to be even as a little guy, you know, in some sense taking dominion. And in his I think, own in his own little way. In his own little way, <laughs> probably putting things in his mouth he shouldn't. Oh, hundred percent um, of the time. But but it occurs to me, you know, if you're that small child in in that, you know, grand world of God, you know, and 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 you're in the house, you're like, well. Of course, I'd rather be outside. Like I think everything's better outside. Like it's it's greener, it's prettier. There's there's wild things, um, but I think you know personally as an adult, I think what happens is I don't so much feel like I. And part of this is where I am geographically and and um so, and socially right now. But I I don't really want to go out. I don't really have a place to go out into. Um, into the world like my my town doesn't have like a whole lot of doesn't have a whole like lot when of when you step outside on. it feels like this is just the this is just the inside without a ceiling and it's worse somehow yeah kind of like i mean yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm 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 that's how cities feel to me <laughs> yeah i'm in like a super small town i'm i'm really far away i'm like 40 40 minutes from anything from any state park or anything like that um but what happens i think is i treat my house as like where I'm supposed to be, like my apartment is where I'm supposed to be. And it's hmm. like, this is where I take dominion and this is home. And that means that this is where I come to and this is where I stay. And, and I think that's probably really dangerous because when you spend all of your time in your, in the world you've constructed, hmm. you start to think that you're the one who constructed it, you know, that somehow this place resides on your shoulders. And I think I probably do that more than I would care to admit. And I don't like to go outside probably as much because I'm like, well, this, this, this place is no not control. Yeah. This place is not the place that I've created. I would rather be in the place where I can, you know, mess with the temperature and the lighting and, and yeah. feel safe and comfortable. And cause I'm Bilbo. This is what I realized rewatching the Lord of the Rings. I would like to be Aragorn. I'm Bilbo. Um, but I'm Bilbo before he's gone out his door. I just, I Bilbo like, the first few pages of the Hobbit. Yeah. I sit outside, I smoke my pipe and I wish people good morning and I hope they don't say anything else to me. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad, but I like Bilbo. So I'm going to go with it. Fair enough. Um, but I don't know. I, I think that's, I think that's part of the beauty and part of the necessity of going out into nature is realizing that you are not God. And I think that it's as simple as that. Yeah, I can't disagree with that in any way. 
I, I like, I really like what you say about the the home kind of being your center. Your, you know, the idea of it's it's where you control things, and nature is not that. And I, I think, in a sense, um, that that's almost the that's the difficult part of of things like the you know make your bed or the clean your room or wh- whatever, whatever, however you put it. But like that whole mindset of like have your house in order. Yeah. Control your space. Yeah. You control your space. And I think there's something to that, but you do that with the intent of being ready to go take on the world. Yeah. Right. Cause if it's like, I can fall into that trap. I'll spend all my time organizing my desk, all my time organizing my room. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll make sure everything's just right. And then, Oh wow. It's, you know, 8 PM and no, I'm not going outside. (laughs) There's no reason. Um, I think that is a danger. At the same time, I would say, I don't know. I So I, I think, I, I don't know where I heard this. It was probably an Art of Manliness podcast. But there, there's this kind of this concept of as you move between spaces, like or this, this idea of moving between spaces. Mm-hmm. I think you had one recently talking about kind of the, the, t- the ways we move between spaces. But there was one... Um, I guess this would have been, I was still in college. An episode, I'll see if I can dig it up. An episode released, basically, he had he had someone on, she was talking about um, moving between spaces in our life and, and just kind of setting up little rituals for ourselves along the way. Yeah. Not in a religious sense or anything, but like an example for her, as she drove home from work to home, when she crossed a certain bridge, that was that was kind of the the marker of she's home. Or she's yeah. she's passed from work to home, and I think thinking about those of us, especially who work from home nowadays, or those of us who spend a lot of time at home, mm-hmm. those of us who value the home in that way, is there is there a sense maybe where we we have that when we walk outside? Like what happens? What is what is the what is maybe the ritual that occurs in that that process? Yeah, I know for me, like when I need a break from staring at a screen all day. Yeah. I could get up, I could walk from where my office is into my house and stare at a screen there, a personal screen. Or I could get up and walk the opposite direction outside my house and be outside and look at nature. One of those definitely makes me feel better than the other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that that brings up also like you know, we have these digital spaces and and I'm not, I'm not, I haven't quite figured out what to do with digital spaces. I enjoy digital spaces. I love a good video game and I love a good movie. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but I, it's not nature, you know, and it's not whatever, whatever monsters you slay in, in the video game you're playing, you're not, you're not, it's not the same as going out into the wilderness, you know, and having that time. Right. And, and I don't, I don't really know what to make of that. I, well, I, I think it's because there's no stakes. In a real video game? Well, in a, in a video game. Yeah. There's no, there's no, yeah, you can slay the dragon over and over and over. But like when your avatar dies, there's no real stakes to that. You, you just restart back. and try again. Yeah. And Versus I, when you go in nature, like you have to prove to yourself, I can do this. Like when so you go what, out into the woods and try to start a fire, can you start that fire? Can you not? It's a yes or no question. Yeah. So why do why do we 
keep coming. Why does the video game grow in popularity? You know, why is that conquering the American mind faster than anything else? Than nature? Yeah. Um, off the top of my head, I think it's kind of two reasons. There's there's the e the reason the the reason of ease. So it's yeah. very easy to sit down. And instead of walking miles out to go try and start a fire, cook some food, maybe maybe hunt my dinner even, or catch my dinner out of the water, those are difficult things to do. They require forethought and planning and takes real time. Instead of that, I can go replicate that and get some of those same dopamine hits. Looking at a screen, it's giving me a dopamine hit because it's it's the type of, the way the device is designed, it, lo- it, it does right. that. that. So there's the reason of ease. I think also, um, and this is something I, I get from Jordan Peterson, actually. He was saying one of the reasons video games, in his opinion, are so attractive are because they replicate, especially for young men, the process of what it's like to kind of discover ourselves and the process of what it's like to figure out who we are as men. So these, quote unquote, violent video games, and yeah. he, he's not talking about like the, the, like the Call of Duties, the quick shooters where you just jump in and you just shoot right. as many people and then the game's over or whatever. He's talking about like some of these story games, which can be beautiful stories, but and they will take time. But as you level up, you know, there's a satisfaction to getting your character leveled up. There's a satisfaction to discovering the story of that character. There's a satisfaction yeah. to at the end fighting the main boss or the main villain or whatever. And and as you've done that whole process, that's a a good story. Reading a book is like this. Watching movies like this, it's going to replicate how we want to experience our lives. Right. Right. So we discover ourselves through that process. And video games are simply, I think, that's why I, I really enjoy a good story video game. They are they are part of that. They're like that process. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. When you attach that to the ease of access on that, though, you end up in a situation where it's very easy to have all of your discovery, all of your storytelling come through that form. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think of that? No, that's interesting. That's I, I think I think you're probably probably dead on. Uh, I just I recently watched uh, rewatched Interstellar, Christopher Nolan's Interstellar, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't like before. I, I I watched once, I didn't like it, and I rewatched it, and it blew my mind. I it was it was an experience. Um, but one of the things that maybe I, I should rewatch it then because I've seen sh- it. You no, I've seen it twice. I, I guess I guess the second time barely counts. I wasn't really paying attention. I saw it the first time in theaters though. Oh, that's I. I wish I could have done that. Give it a rewatch. I th- I think it. I think with age, it gets better. I because this time I I rewatched it and I was like I did not realize what was going on the first time I saw this, um and and I really loved it. I'd love to talk to you about it when you've seen it. Um, but one of the things that I really enjoyed about it, going back, was you know the start of the movie. The Matthew McConaughey character is like is is upset basically because nobody is willing to explore anymore like and nobody believes in exploration anymore Mm. um and in and and by extension nobody believes in humanity's ability anymore it's like well we're just here to survive this is the caretaker generation We're, we're just trying to make sure that there's something for the next um next generation and mcconaughey's character is like no we we need to like push the boundaries of the human spirit. We need to go out and we need to discover um, because this is how humanity survives is by pushing beyond these boundaries. Um, it's starting to sound a little like uh, Elon Musk over here. 
Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> careful there. Wait, let's not go that far. Um, but, but I did think it was interesting. I mean, so much of, and, and again, coming off of McCarthy, you know, so much of McCarthy is about we're going out into the wilderness to explore and to tame um, and to take dominion. And, uh, you know, Interstellar had a similar note of like, we, we got a, you know, humanity, part of humanity's role is to keep expanding out into creation and to keep exploring and to keep discovering what God has made. Um, and there's something about humanity that needs to be at the frontier. Like we, we need to be, we keep pushing. Well, we kind of define the frontier a little bit there too, because like there's only a frontier where humanity is, is first yeah. discovering. Right. We, yeah. we literally define that. Yeah. Which and is interesting to think about. And that's the setup to my question, which is, it feels like we've run out of frontier. You know, it feels like mm. we don't have any, like I, as, as someone who likes to write stories, it's a thing I'm constantly thinking about, you know, there used to be, you know, you had knights in shining armor and right. then you had the explorers and then you had the cowboys who settled the West. And then you had, uh, the, the detectives, the hard-boiled detectives who kind of, the city was kind of this frontier and it was wild right. and you needed to tame it. Well, the modern city was a very strange thing, right? Yeah. Like that, the way that, I don't know, the whole neon lights and all, all that stuff, like that totally changes the life of the city. Right. And so it, that needs to be tamed and, and you get detectives to go and do that. Um, and now we have superheroes who I don't really know about what exactly they're taming, but, you know, that's kind of, they're, they're filling the role of of the cowboy and the they're the next they're the next thing they're the next thing it means so as as someone who loves stories I for years have been wondering what comes after the superhero you know mm. what's the what's the next generation of of this hero what's our next frontier you know because that's Hollywood needs an answer yeah <laughs> we, and we need it fast um, we're, we're running out of the same <laughs> it's getting bad. <laughs> Um, and I don't know what that is. And I'm, I'm constantly thinking mm. about it is what's the next frontier and, and, you know, who's the hero that comes up to tame it. Um, and I, and I think, I think it's something we need. I think we need a frontier and I don't think we have one. And I'm, I would love, I would love suggestions. Musk would be disappointed in you. His frontier is Mars. Well, if we can get there, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. Know? I, I think someone like Musk, I'm, I'm not as. Uh, doomsday about earth as he is i'm not doomsday about earth like the climate types are or anything like that i'm i think i think earth is is a great gift from god and we're gonna be here for a long time i do think we'll probably end up i mean unless the lord returns quickly um we'll end up being on the moon we'll be on mars we'll be on other planets like i think it's inevitable and maybe it's maybe you know i think about one of the things with uh thinking about climate yeah like i'm, I'm i don't think the world is going to be like totally destroyed but maybe maybe it will be changed you know maybe maybe the new frontier is hey you know we, we got a whole lot more water in this area than we were anticipating and you know we got to rediscover we have to rediscover land you know almost like atlantis that'd be kind of cool maybe i i i think i think you have to be careful there because um it's easy to fall prey to the fear and the doom and gloom yeah of what we're constantly being told on the news I one, I don't think it's as bad, and I don't want to get political in any way. I don't think it's as bad as as the news makes it out to be. Um, even the scientists pushing this stuff never say it's as bad as the news says it is. The news just makes everything very bad. Um, so set that so set that aside. Um, but when it comes to yeah, the world the world is changing, 
whether you like it or not, there's always there are there are constant upheavals in other countries. I think part of it is we live in America. Like we're so blessed to be here. Yeah. Where yeah, we pretty much have discovered everything about this land there is to discover. Like you can go go buy a ranch in Montana or something, and it's a pretty wide range for you personally to discover, but there's nothing that Americans have not discovered already within this country. Um yeah, so I mean what your question about what is the next frontier, I, I think with with the knowledge we have, there are there are places to go explore if you wanted to. I mean, in a literal sense, there are parts of South America that where we still haven't really been. Right. Yeah. There are tribes there that remain uncontacted. Um in a similar sense, there are parts of, of Asia that have not been touched by mm. by Western man in a very long time. They've been kind of sealed off or they they've been isolated. Very interesting. Very dangerous, but very interesting. Um, so in that sense, in the literal sense, those are frontiers that exist. There's also the frontier of space that exists that we kicked off with the with the race to the moon. Um, and that that frontier is a also a difficult and dangerous and kind of for a select few frontier, but that doesn't mean that folks can't get on board in other ways. And the stories that will come out of it will be I mean, so for example, like the stories that come out of the Pony Express, which was in service for less than a year, I think, or was it just barely over a year? Something like that. It, it very, it was a very short run for the Pony Express, but we get crazy stories from it. Like that's that's yeah. something to think about. Like we could have a very short run trying to get to space, and then we we get there. But the stories that come out of it will be incredible, right? So the, that right. answers part of your question on that frontier. I think also as Christians, as Christian men, I think part of the frontier. Like we've been in, for a long time in a period of history where there's new people to go contact, and that's still that's still the case. There's people to go contact. There's there's places to explore. There's things to get done. Yeah. We're at a place now we can live very comfortably. I could sit back, relax my job, not really think about much. We can live very comfortably. But there's the frontier of okay, we have all this as Christians. What's the next step? What do we build for the gospel? How do we? Yeah. What, who are the people that need we need to contact around us for the gospel? What is what is the next step for the gospel in our families? And that, that I don't know. I think that's kind of exciting. Yeah. Long, yeah. long multi part answer to a, a simple question. Yeah, and there's always I, I, <laughs> it, it. It occurs to me that you know maybe it, I think the part of the nature thing is like well you're going into a place that's uncomfortable, right? You're going into a place that's uncharted. One hundred percent. And and something that's like, I think the the allure of a, of a frontier is that oh well, you know if only this frontier would show up then I could go out and and prove right. myself in that frontier when the truth is well the frontier is here you know the frontier is all around you in 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 this place that you can you can discover what God has made you to, to do and made you to be. Um, and if you sit around all day waiting for the frontier to show up, then you're never going to find it. You know, it's, it, right. you it's have not going to come to you. Go, go out and find it. Yeah, which is reason. uncomfortable and, and unpleasant. Right. And, well, it's and we, we read about you know, the folks exploring across the Atlantic. We read about the cowboys. It was a very small number of people that were actually doing that. Yeah. Relative to the rest of the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess, I guess part of the next next part of this for me is going to be saying you know i've i've been out in in nature here 
where's my frontier? You know, what's the, what's the limit for me and, yeah. and where do I need to go, go beyond it? I think, I think it'd be cool to continue this conversation around some future challenges. I definitely want to keep doing this type of thing. Just it's a great practice stepping outside away from work yeah, and getting in nature for 15 minutes. Um, but also I think something we've talked about has been doing some longer form challenges where, you know, maybe, maybe they're like a one thing once a month type of thing or, or even right. once a quarter, I think it'd be cool to explore some camping challenges at some point. Yeah. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's a good place to stop this discussion. All right, on to the next challenge. And this challenge uh, is actually a listener submission. As a reminder, challenges last for 10 days. That's Monday through Friday for two weeks. They are simple daily tasks, gross as men. Um, and yeah, listener submission. Uh, so this is from a friend of ours, Nate, been listening to the show. Uh, had a suggestion based around, uh, what was the what was the episode, Banjo? It was a... I can't remember. It was, the, it was when we were doing the Marie Kondo... Uh, planning yeah, your space. thinking through our spaces, that kind of thing. We had uh, Elias on. Yeah, we had episode. Elias on. That was a great. I really enjoyed working through that. Um, but uh, so our, our friend Nate suggested it would be cool to every day, so for the ten days, get rid of one item in your house. Um, I, I it's as simple as that. I don't really think. Yeah, there's not much else to it. Um. Yeah, anything to say to that, Banjo? I think anything is fair game. Clothes, I, I, my wife will be thrilled. There's clothes that I've been holding on to for far too long mm-hmm. um, that I'll be getting rid of. I'm I'm going to look through my books and see if there's any books that I can get rid of. And the it's reason I'm doing for you, Banjo. This is what I, the reason I'm doing that is I love books. Mm. I hate getting rid of books. And if there's anything that is in my house that might be an idol, it's probably my books. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm going to think about that. Good long to tackle that. Yeah. And, and I think they're probably, I hoard books also on the upside. If I get rid of books, then I have an excuse to get more books on my shelf. So maybe it's not entirely better selfless. books, better books. Yes. Better books. Well, uh, I, th- well, I think there's something to that. Like that, that's something I've tried to practice with clothes. When you bring something in, take something out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you could do that. I, I will say I, I'm not thinking um, this. This is not something that was like, oh, here's this piece of trash paper that I found. I'm going to get rid of that. That's my right, right, right. No, these these are need to be things that are not typically disposable. So this is not a chance to go clean out your pantry <laughs> of all the things you've been forgetting about. This is a chance to go. Okay, here's this item that I've had in my life for a while. Maybe I don't use it very much anymore, or maybe it's just not that interesting. Whatever it is, I don't know. Well, maybe we should revisit some of what we talked about in the previous episode. We were talking about how so often our place gets filled with clutter. Mm-hmm. Um, our house, our house kind of gets overwhelmed by stuff. Um, and I think it's one of those places where we got to take dominion, right? Is to say, you know, I'm not going to be ruled by my. <laughs> we just came off a discussion about like you can you can get too into this and then yeah. you be outside. <laughs> right. Well, right. well th- maybe maybe. Maybe some, maybe there are some things in your life that are keeping you kind of tied into your space rather than yeah. allowing you to go out. So that could be part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think this will be good. Um, not not a, not a very difficult one in terms of the amount of time 
They should take one thing a day. Are there any things that are ready, Jonathan? You're like, oh, I know what I'm getting rid of first day. Um, I have clutter, just various knickknacks, I, lots of memorabilia, things that I haven't worn in a long time. I don't. I haven't done anything like this in a while. I know at one point my wife and I went through a real clean out, but that was like I don't know, maybe two years ago now. Yeah, almost three or three, a long time. Anyway. Um, so I've definitely accumulated clutter since then and need to fig- figure some of that out. I've, we'll see. It's going to be exciting. Yep. Looking forward to it. This has been the Forging Honor Podcast. Music and production is by Elliot George. For more information about what we do or to learn how to get involved, visit our website at forginghonor.com. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to like, subscribe, and give us a rating to bring others into the Forging Honor journey. On our website, you'll find information on how to do the challenges alongside us, as well as links to the many resources we mentioned in the show. And we do make a small amount from any purchases you make through our website links, so thank you in advance. Thanks for taking time with us today. We hope you'll take up the work alongside us and join us in the task of forging honor. We'll see you next time.